0: Hello everybody and welcome to another message by myself, Dave Hull. It's great to be able to get some time with you to share the Word of God. I trust this message finds you well. I trust that you had an enjoyable and restful Christmas, albeit a very different one. Uh, I'm coming to you today from my home in Vron, up in North Wales, where we've had quite a lot of snow this Christmas, which has been a real blessing, uh, a real nice end to what has been a very otherwise a very difficult 2020 and as we now transition into 2021 i wanted to share a word of hope a word of encouragement of a word of inspiration with you today i really f- feel the lord has laid um quite a few things on my heart which i believe are going to be a blessing to you and a blessing and a, as they are to me because because god's love for us hasn't changed has it his intentions towards us haven't changed. His passion and his determination to bless us and to uh, and for us to become all that he's uh, planned for us and, and desires for us, th- th- that hasn't changed. He's still the same. He's the same yesterday, today and forever, as it says in the Bible. And um, So we want to refocus our attention upon him. I'm sure many of us here, uh, listening to this, have spent time with the Lord this Christmas and into the new year, just praying and seeking Him. I am sure uh, you've all had chance to do that, and um, and, that, and that's and that's awesome. It's such a blessing to be able to to just have time with Him at, during this period, isn't it? But if you, but if perhaps you've been busy or perhaps you've you've just had lots going on. Um, I'd encourage you now to just give some time to him as I share these, as we share these few moments together, to open your heart and to allow him to speak to you afresh and to envision you for the new year that lies ahead. Uh, I really believe that despite whatever we may face, that God is going to do awesome things in, in 2021. You know, that's his heart. That's who he is. He's a good God. He's he's a God who loves to shower gifts on his children and to bless them and to remind them of his goodness and of his love for, for them. And that's 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 who that's what we want to do now. We want to f- refocus our attention upon who God is and who Jesus is. And so um, I'm just going to pray and we're going to and then we're going to just get into the message, if that's OK. Let's call this message um, simply the gospel Um because I'm going to start a series off the back of this this message, uh, which is going to uh, unpack more about the gospel and what the gospel is and where it comes from and and how we how how it applies to our lives, etc., etc. But I'm using this message just as an introduction, really, um, so that we can uh, sort of um, get some some real blessing from it today. So let's pray. Uh, father we thank you for your presence in our lives we thank you for your goodness towards us we thank you for your love Uh, we thank you for your spirit for sending your only son jesus to die for us so that we may have forgiveness and we may be restored to you and have a relationship with you and so we're we're here now to to hear your word and to remind ourselves of your goodness and so we just pray now that you'd open up our hearts and our ears and our minds so that we can receive afresh from you um lord lord and enable us to give us the grace i pray as well to uh, walk out the things that we're hearing today and learning today in jesus name amen amen I'd like to share with you a story from a Christmas many, many years ago when I was a a teenager, a young teenager, probably of the age of twelve or thirteen. And uh, it was a Christmas that I'll I'll always remember, simply because of the impact that the the gift that I was given had upon me. I remember um, how I've always I've always been keen on exercise, and I really I'd, I'd really started to get into biking and i was cycling everywhere everywhere i went i was on my bike and um, my mum said decided that she would buy for me buy a new bike for me for christmas so we went to the shops before christmas and we looked around the shop and and my eyes settled upon this this bike it was gold and it was black and it had like um had like sparkly bits on it I wasn't just drawn to the colour. Okay, it was a good bike as well. <laughs> um, so I I was looking at this bike and I was I was saying, oh yeah, this is the one I want. We asked the man in the shop how much does it cost, and he told us the price. And my mum's eyes just, you know, she just she just look she looks down to the ground. She's, oh, I'm afraid, I can't afford that, son. That's too much for me. So. So I was like, okay, that's, you know, well, that's okay, that's okay. So we went on to another one. And we settled upon uh, a different bike, and we, we which was cheaper, and I was fine with that. I was quite happy that, you know, I was going to get just a, a new bike. So um, I didn't, mum didn't buy it there and then, you know, we just sort of, she just sort of left it and um, obviously I'll get it on Christmas Day. So Christmas Day came and I knew that I was going to get this bike and I was all excited to receive the bike and uh, my granddad, we used to have Christmas in my grandma and granddad's house and so my granddad was dressed up in his Santa Claus outfit because that's, That's just what he did, because even though we didn't believe in Father Christmas, he still insisted in wearing it. So that was so it's Christmas as usual. My my grandma had a had a glass of sherry and, you know, we were all sort of eating chocolates and doing our thing. And uh, it came time to give out the presents. And what happened was my 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 mum and my grandparents had organised a treasure hunt for me and I was I was like, I was I was just so shocked that they would go to so much effort. So I was like, I was really excited about the whole thing. So they gave me some clues and I had to go around their house. You know, obviously everybody knows how a treasure hunt works. You find one, you know, you get a clue and you get takes you to another place and then that takes you to another place. And it basically it took me all around their house, around their garden. And in the time whilst I was finding the clues and going from one place to the next, they sort of wheeled the bike out of the secret location where they'd hidden it. And... Um, and put it in the in the lounge ready for me to ready for me to return and find the bike and as i did and walked back into the lounge my my eyes and my and my my heart lit up as i saw the bike, the first bike that we had that we had set our eyes upon. The first bike that i seen in the shop. The one with the gold and the black and the sparkly bits on it. The one that I really, really wanted. The one that was my mum said was too much. There it was in, in my granddad's living room. There it was, r- right in front of me. And it had my name on it. It had a bow on it. My mum had managed to save her money and get me the bike of my dreams. And I remember just the whole experience overwhelming me to to such an extent that I burst out in tears i just started crying there and then <laughs> you know i was only 12 or 13 and um, it was just i was just overwhelmed that my mum would have gone to all that effort and to all that sacrifice and expense to get me this amazing bike and you know that bike lasted me years and years and it set me off on a path of getting into cycling and doing lots of mountain biking in which I've spent many happy years doing um, after you know because of because my mum encouraged me and she and she uh, sacrificed and brought these these things for me and uh, and what a great uh, testimony and, and an example and, and illustration I think that is of our lord Jesus of our fa- our father who sent his only son Because he he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whomever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, that's God's heart for us, that he sacrificed himself, he gave up of himself, he gave up his one and only son. And um, he gave his best, he gave more than just a bike, <laughs> he gave more than just money, he gave heaven's best, he gave a treasure that was beyond, um, beyond our, our comprehension, beyond um, price, it has no price in it, the greatest treasure of, of, of all the universe, Jesus Christ himself came in in the flesh became a man lived and died for us and was risen, was risen again on the third day so that we so that we could be restored to the father and that brothers and sisters is the gospel isn't it that's the gospel which we we've come to know that's the gospel which we have read and has uh, we have accepted into our lives and has, um has changed, transformed our lives and tr- will transform l- many more lives in years to come that is the good news of jesus christ and yet um it's I want, it's quite a uh even though we're so familiar with that with those concepts and with that's those those stories this i want to spend some time unpacking how we arrived at this destination of understanding that gospel of knowing knowing the truth about jesus of and i want us to spend some time of of really getting to grips of what the gospel is because um the gospel is more than just a bunch of concepts you know it's it's the gospel is is uh well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the gospel is more than just a bunch of concepts. So I want us to go to find out what really what the gospel is and and to do that we need to go back to its origins. We need to to almost as you like as they do in these programs like who do you think you are and stuff. They they retrace their ancestry. We need to find out the ancestry of the gospel. We need to find out its origins. Where where did it all begin? And even though the word gospel is a Greek word, it it means the Greek word is euangelon, um, which is the word we get evangelized from, and it literally means good news. So it's a so the word gospel is just it actually means good news, and it was used it was used outside of the context of the Bible. It's not just um, solely sole use hasn't just been. Uh, for the bible so it's not um it was work, it was used just to portray somebody who wanted to share good news but but you know in the years in the centuries subsequently after the after the, um the death and resurrection of jesus it became t- completely really just um associated solely with uh, the Bible and with the good news about Jesus and so now it is synonymous with the God with Jesus Christ his death and resurrection and so the gospel now means that to us that's the, what the word gospel means to us now even though the actual meaning is good news and of course that that word good news doesn't really do it justice because it's the, it's more than just good news it's the best news we've ever heard um and but even though, so even though the word is a greek word it is it, it, the actual origins of the gospel the the origins of what we have come to know the gospel um are go much further back than the new testament they go much further back than just uh you know just the the greek culture they go f- right back to the beginning right back to creation itself listen to this from revelation 13 verse 8 it says the lamb that was, was slain was slain from the foundation of the world. I'll read it out again. The lamb that was slain was slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus himself was in a way, figuratively speaking, slain from the beginning. In, in other words, he he committed himself to to this to this process of giving his life for the world right from the beginning. God had a redemption plan that was set in stone from the foundation of the world that was that was birthed out as soon as as soon as God said that he would make man in his image Jesus said I will go and I will redeem man for the for the for the sins that they will commit for the for, you know because the, God knew that obviously they that we would um we would fall. We, there would be fall. There would be sin that would enter the world, and we would, and we would transgress, and we would leave Him. So, God, Jesus committed Himself to re, to 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 being slain and to being a sacrifice that would redeem man back to God, will restore that relationship. Isn't that amazing that the gospel goes all the way back to the beginning? And Jesus, and even Paul the the apostle Paul spoke about the the origins of the gospel in the sense that they referred to the scriptures revealing the gospel. They said, you know, um, Jesus on the road to Emmaus talked talked with the the two men there, and he said, you know. Didn't, can't you see that, that how the Christ would have to die and rise and, and rise again and suffer and 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 he, he says the Bible says he opened the scriptures up to them and Paul talks about receiving the the gospel from Jesus Christ and through this through the scriptures being able to to see the gospel in the scriptures and and you say well well obviously the gospels in the scriptures but the gospel that sorry the scriptures that they refer they were referring to weren't the new testament because the new testament hadn't been written at that point now i'm i'm sure we're all aware of that but maybe we haven't connected those dots because you know jesus wasn't talking about the uh, the new testament he was talking about the old testament he was talking about the 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 law and the prophets and so and so we can we 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 begin to see that the gospel is is there in the Old Testament that it's revealed it's it's sorry it's con- it's concealed in the Old Testament we've um one of the one of I've heard people say this as like a little quote it says Christ in the Old Testament is concealed in the New Testament revealed we could say the gospel in the in the Old Testament is concealed in the New Testament is revealed. Jesus said this himself, you search the scriptures because you think that by them you gain eternal life. But the scriptures point to me and yet you are unwilling to come to me and that you may have the eternal life. So Jesus said that the scriptures point to him, they talk of him, they speak of him. And so it's clear that actually, if we are to know the origins of the gospel, we need to Work our way through the Old Testament. We need to know what does the what do what does the prophets and the and the and the uh, law and all those all the Old Testament books have to say about Jesus and the gospel. And I can assure you, they have a lot to say. You know, there are there are many many prophecies. I think there's like 300 prophecies written about Jesus in in the Old Testament. Um, and there are lots of what we call typology, which are basically pictures. Um, of Jesus as well, and of his and of the gospel in the Old Testament. So, I, what, I, what I'd like to do is spend some time just working through them because I want us to get an idea of what the, you know of God's plan for us that his his intention is was always to redeem us to and restore relationship towards us and therefore as we understand not only his intention we then understand his determination and his love towards us and his faithfulness to work out his plans and purposes in our lives and I just believe that a a study like this is a real blessing to us so without further ado let's get into Some of the type. We'll start with some of the typology and the pictures that we find of Jesus and the gospel in the Old Testament. And the first place to start really is in Genesis 22, verses 1 to 14, which is the story of Abraham and Isaac. And this is probably the most, the clearest picture we get of Jesus and what he would come and what he would do. in the old testament this is by far the one of the greatest stories that uh that, that illustrates the the sacrifice of christ for us so it says here in genesis 22 it's, it's i'm not going to read it all out because it's um quite long-winded but it talks about it talks about how um, had been given a son a, a promised son Abraham and Sarah had given birth to a promise son called Isaac so straight away we have that picture of the promise um, the promise of a of a son which they gave birth to by faith they were far too old to have children um, so but but they had children anyway by faith they had a child and his name was Isaac and which means the um, the promise of God and so he he he's had, he Abraham has this son and he, and got and he grows up and God God decides that he's going to test Abraham. The Bible says he, he God God tested Abraham. And so God told Abraham to take his son to to a place that he would show him. Um and to to take him up this mountain and to sacrifice him on the altar as a, as a sacrifice towards God. Um, to you know to basically to kill him so he Abraham does as he's told he takes Isaac he takes his servant they take some wood they take some things to make fire and they they go uh, three days walk to the place where God shows him uh, and they walk up this hill and Isaac has the wood on his shoulders um, and Abraham says to his servant, "You know, um, wait here. The, the boy and I will return to you when we have made offered a sacrifice towards God." So Abraham clearly believed that he was going to return, and he had faith that God would either raise, The Bible says he would. He got Abraham believed he would raise. He would raise Isaac from the dead, or or perform some sort of miracle. So I, so Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain. And there's that picture, isn't there that amazing picture of of Isaac with the wood on his shoulders- walking up the mountain and um and 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 it's at that moment that we that Isaac turns to uh turns to Abraham and he says um, in verses six in verse six, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering offering placed it on his on on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two went on together Isaac spoke up and said to his father um said to his father Abraham father yes my son Abraham replied the fire and the wood are here Isaac said but where is the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham answered answered god himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering my my son and the two of them went on together and so Abraham there just just sort of lays out those this this perfect sort of prophecy that God Himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, so that God will will uh, be the one to give to give us the lamb so that we can make a sacrifice. And of course. Um, several thousand years later God did did exactly that he provided the lamb that would be the burnt offering that would be the sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world and another thing to to understand about this story is that the that the mountain that they climbed what is the exact place that um that Jesus would in the in the end be sacrificed it's um, the the mountain then was called Mount Moriah, but but in that but you know as we as they moved on in time it, beca- it became the location of Jerusalem itself, where Jesus was sacrificed on Golgotha. and that's that became that's the same mountain as these these two guys as Abraham and Isaac climbed. So isn't that what a powerful picture we have here of of Abraham and his, his only son. You know, God says to Abraham at the right of the right of the outset, take your son, your only son, the son whom you, you love and, and, and sacrifice him. And that's exactly what God does. And he? he he takes his son, his only son, the son whom he loves and sacrifices him for us. And he provides the lamb. And so Abraham's we know the story. Abraham's about to 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 kill his son. But the angel comes and stops him and says, you know, Abraham, I know now that you you love me more than you love your son. And so um, so don't do no harm to the boy. And and um, Abraham looks up and there's a ram caught in the thicket and they they kill the ram and they offer a sacrifice to God. And so uh, there we there we have the perfect picture of the prophet and a prophetic picture of what God would do several thousand years later to restore mankind to himself and that 's a perfect typology of and picture of of Jesus um, and it 's just so clear isn 't it and it 's so powerful all the similarities there um, of of Isaac carrying the wood of um, God providing the lamb of um, you know, uh, just the fact that he was the promised son and the only son, the son whom he loved. Um, so what a what a powerful story that is. It's, it's full of great meaning. And I just feel like God wanted to paint that picture right at the start of the Bible, just so that we would be clear that this there clear that this has always been his intention to provide a lamb, a lamb that would take away the sins of the world. Amen. And so moving on probably the next clear picture we have of jesus and what he would do in the gospel is um is the p- picture of the passover so this is the story we i'm sure you're all aware of of how moses rescues the israelites from the hands of the egyptians the the israelites are being caught ca- um, kept in slavery uh, and god's god hears their cry and sends moses to set them free and uh, he we have, we have. What ensues is loads and loads of plagues, and you know, loads of horrible stuff happens. And uh, but the pharaoh refuses to give them up. And eventually, God, God says that He's going to kill the firstborn of of all the families in Egypt. And He says to prevent that from happening, you need to to the to the to prevent that from happening to the Israelites. They need to take a lamb, um, uh, roast the lamb, and then eat the lamb and then make some bread um some unleavened bread without the yeast and eat that and then smear the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and when the angel of death comes by he will, he he'll see the blood and he'll pass by the houses with the blood on and so the, the Israelites do that and the, they, you know, they're, they're saved, they're spared, their children are spared from the angel of death. And then, of course, we know that they leave Egypt and they have that amazing sort of um, exodus through the, through the Red Sea and so on and so forth. And they go into the desert and Moses leads them out in victory. Um, um, but but the real the real message and the real picture there that of course we see is is the picture of Christ our Passover Lamb and Paul alludes to this in one Corinthians five verse seven he he just simply says that Christ is our Passover Lamb and of course we all understand that now don't we but you know isn't it amazing that that the apostles and and the Pharisees and, you know, the people of Jesus' time had all these stories as well. They grew up on them, but they, couldn't, they still couldn't see Jesus Jesus in them. They weren't able to, uh, to, 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 to make the connections, to connect the dots. You know, we, after centuries of Christian history, are, you know, we know these things. We, we were able to see these things. But not just that. We, we have the Holy Spirit, don't we, who leads us into all truth. Um, and eventually they, they received the Holy Spirit who opened their eyes. But before that, Jesus had to really sort of explain these things. And I can imagine him again on that road to Emmaus, sort of unpacking these truths about, about who he is, about Christ concealed in the Old Testament, revealed in the New Testament. And so we see this picture of how uh, the first Passover, the first Passover that was ever, was ever partaken of, um, being being explained, and and then we realize, of course, that that as Jesus died, he became our Passover Lamb, and and of course we understand as well. We know now that he died on Passover, that actually he literally was a sacrifice on on the actual Passover. So uh, so much, so many, so much typology, so many pictures being painted here. Um, but as we apply and we as we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives, then. The the judgment of God passes over us, and we're and we are we are forgiven of our sins, and we are able to come and have right relationship with God, and we are rescued as it were from our old lives, from our Egypt, and brought into a new a new place, a place flowing with milk and honey. Amen. What a what a what what great stories these are! What powerful pictures these paint. So, and that's that would be so that would be the the other. Um, probably the real st- one of the real standout stories that talks about the gospel in the Old Testament. And then moving on, we probably um, we're just going to fly through the next few illustrations. We've got um, Joshua, who is obviously a picture of Jesus being the conqueror. Who conquered lands for the for the Israelites and led them into the to the land the the promised land the land flowing with milk and honey and Christ is has gone before us and made a way so that we may experience life in life in all its fullness. Um, he has conquered la- He has conquered the land that we may be at rest in and so on and so forth. David is a picture of Jesus defeating the devil. You know the story of David and Goliath is really a picture of the devil and Jesus, um, and how David, uh, by by being obedient and and listening and uh, be, having faith in his his God, his God of the uh, the his the God of the armies of Israel, defeated the enemy who got, who taunted them and goaded them and you know thought he was he was indestructible and all and was just gonna be it was all gonna be far too easy and who is this this philistine that you this young philistine that you've come out against me with you know sorry who is this young israelite you know what am i a dog and so on and so forth he taunted the the israelites in that arm in that battle between the philistines and the israelites but but of course, we know that David was victorious, and our and our Lord was victorious there on Golgatha, on Calvary, there there on at, at that scene of the crucifixion. Jesus defeated the devil, and he was victorious. Amen. And then we move on to Boaz. Boaz was uh, Boaz acted as a redeemer of Ruth. Ruth uh, was came from a was coming from a poor and broken background she really had nothing to her name but Boaz he redeems her he lifts her up and brings her out of that place and and enables her to be a partaker of the of the good things that he has because he has wealth and she has nothing but she but he lifts her up and he 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 marries her and redeems her and that's a picture of what Jesus does for us he redeems our lives from the pit, Amen. He takes us from a place where we have probably been struggling, or life has been difficult, or whatever it may have been, and he he enables us to be uh, um, blessed, blessed with all spiritual blessings, Amen. So Jesus, Jesus is just like Boaz, our Redeemer. Nehemiah restored the broken walls of Jerusalem. And God and Jesus has restored the broken walls of our lives. Amen. Ezra rebuilt the temple and and God has, Jesus has enabled us to become the temples of the Holy Spirit. As we've been born again and our spirits have been made one with him and the Holy Spirit has come to dwell within us. We too now are temples of the Holy Spirit and so on and so forth. There are probably other people and other pictures that we could paint of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. But those are the ones that I've I felt like I uh, were the most sort of uh, prevalent that I wanted to highlight. And then moving on, we we go to looking at the prophecies of Jesus, and um, I don't want to spend too long on these, but we do need to cover a few of them because again we need to get a picture of how the gospel uh, is is portrayed and prophesied. In the in the Old Testament, because we need to know that actually the gospel has been around from the beginning, that it's not it's not didn't begin with with the New Testament and the apostles. It began with with Jesus, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit right at the beginning. And here we have the the prophecy that was that was prophesied by the Lord himself right in the garden at creation itself in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3, verse 15. And um, I'm going to read this out because it's got some it's got some good content. So Genesis uh, 3, verses 11 to 15, it says, God said, Who told you you were naked? Obviously, God speaking to Adam and Eve. Have you eaten from the tree of, of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to, to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And then the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me and deceived me, and I I ate from the forbidden tree. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than any animal of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman and between your hostility. Your seed, offspring, and her seed, he shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his heel. And I'm just was reading that from the amplified version uh, because it, it it clearly outlines um, those last few verses where it says he shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his heel amen we know that that's the truth that the serpent the devil took a took a bite at jesus by trying to crucify him on the cross but but in the end it was him who was crushed it was him that was broken it was him that was overcome as our lord was victorious and god raised him from the dead amen what a powerful powerful prophecy there there that god himself prophesied the end because god knows the end from the beginning and he knew that this. He he knew how this would play out. Um, there's some there's some interesting moments in that story, isn't there? Uh, right at the beginning there, is, as Abraham and Eve, um, sorry, as Adam and Eve. Uh, sort of play the blame game and Adam passes the book onto the woman well it was the woman you gave me and the woman says well it was the devil and the devil took you can imagine the devil sort of looking around going looking for someone else to blame but he's, there's nobody left because actually it was him it was him that deceived the woman <laughs> um, so the, sort of the blame game happens there and uh, you know nothing's changed too much from that has it um, and obviously we see the man blaming the woman nothing's changed too much there and the woman deceiving the man nothing's changed too much there either it was a joke it's a joke take it easy so we see quite a few few interesting uh aspects to that scripture but of course the the thing that we want to focus on there is the the prophecy of the 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 the, the victory that Jesus would have at the cross but also um the prophecy of of the fact that the that the woman's seed so it says between um between I will put eminency between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. So it would be the woman's seed that would that would crush the, 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 the devil's head. Um, and so and so we see there that actually that's a prophecy from God that, that eventually through woman, that God there would be a, there would be a man born that would 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 bring an end to the to the reign of the devil. And that's the first prophecy of, G- of Jesus. That's the, pr- the first prophecy of Jesus' coming into the world of his birth. And going on from there through the Bible, we, we see many more prophecies. So we have Deuteronomy 18, which talks about how there'll be a prophet like Moses who will be raised up from among the, among the Jews. And then we move on to Isaiah. Isaiah has loads of prophecies about the birth of Jesus Uh, that Jesus would be born to a virgin and his name would be Emmanuel. That's Isaiah 7, 14, God with us. I'm sure you've all heard that one. And then there's Isaiah 9, verse 6, which is a very familiar one that's quoted at this time of year. Um, You'll know this as I read this out. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's a great scripture, isn't it? It's again, it's something we hear a lot of this time of year. Um, it's such, a, it's such a powerful uh, scripture about who Jesus is, who he would be, um, his names, his ministry towards us. That's, I love that scripture. Really powerful, really good. So. We also have a scripture in Micah about where Jesus will be born. It talks about how Bethlehem is the least amongst, amongst the tribes um, of Judah. But um, sorry, Bethlehem is, is the least amongst the tribe of Judah, the, the least town. And yet from out of it would become would come a ruler. And then, of course, there are lots of other scriptures and prophecies about Jesus' birth. And there's even one about the fact that there would be a a massacre of children at the time of Jesus' birth, which talks about how Rachel would weep over her children. Um, And then we move on to prophecies about Jesus' life and ministry. And the the most obvious one for that is Isaiah 61. Again, you'll all be familiar with this. this Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3: The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And of course, we know that Jesus Himself stood up. In Luke four, Luke describes this in chapter four of his gospel. He Jesus stood up and read out these words in the synagogue, and then he sits down and says, "Those words have been fulfilled in your hearing." And you know, basically, those words speak of me. Um, <clears throat> so he did that, didn't he? That's what he did. He 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 preached the good news. He he healed the brokenhearted. He set people free. Um, You know, he did all those things. He fulfilled that prophecy in his life. Amen. Another good one is um, Zechariah 9, verse 9, which talks about how Jesus behold, your king is coming to you lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. And that, of course, again, was fulfilled. We know that story of Jesus entering Jerusalem on a colt, on a a foal. um, And so, and so that that was that Zechariah nine verse nine, and that was its, that was fulfilled a prophecy there for everybody to see, and it speaks of Jesus being the servant king, um, which is a really powerful sort of picture of how he he came to he came lowly and humble, he came to serve us, he came to lay down his life for us. He didn't come to lord his power, he didn't come in ma- in majesty and pomp, but he came in in lowliness and humility. Um, because because, you know he made himself like one of us and did not consider equality with God something to be grasped um, but but humbled himself as a servant and therefore God exalted him amen wow what a what powerful scriptures these are eh so then we go on to prophecies and about Jesus' death and um, Psalm 22. There are lots more. I'm just sharing a few. Psalm 22:16 talks about how they pierced his hands and his feet, and they could, they could count all my bones. They look upon me and stare, stare at me. They divide my garments and cast my clothing for lots. Sorry, and, and my and for my clothing they cast lots. So. Uh, Matthew quotes this scripture in Matthew 27, verse 35. And obviously, we know that happened when Jesus was put upon the cross. Psalm 34 talks about none of his bones shall be broken. Psalm 18 talks about the stone that the builders rejected. Again, Matthew quotes this, um, you know, in Matthew 21. And then we have probably have the, the scripture that really... Uh, Clearly, most clearly explains this the sacrifice and the death of Jesus upon the cross, which is Isaiah fifty three. Isaiah has so much to say about Jesus. You could just read Isaiah, and um, you would, you know, you would be full of um, pictures of the gospel. But yeah, Isaiah fifty three. All we, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent, he opened not his mouth. Amen. So what a wonderful scripture that is that talks about the divine exchange that takes place, that this, our sin was laid upon him and we received his righteousness our our um, um, sicknesses were laid upon him through his wounds and we were we received his healing you know our uh, rejection was laid upon him and we received his acceptance it talks about how jesus took everything that was wrong in in our lives and gave us everything of himself that we could be made right with god it's a powerful powerful uh, portion of scripture that again clearly portrays what Jesus did on the cross for us amen and then moving on to his resurrection uh we we read there are a few scriptures that predict his resurrection psalm 16 says for you will not leave my soul in hell nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption psalm 49 says But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. And I'm sure there are other scriptures that refer to his resurrection again. Um, Then finally, we see just a, a prophecy by Jeremiah about the results of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And that is in Jeremiah 31 verses 33 to 34. It says, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel Israel, after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Um, and it says, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they will know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sins I will remember no more. Wow, that's what Jesus accomplished. He accomplished and an, the the ability for us to be restored and reconciled to our Father, that we wouldn't have to ask, or or anybody else what how to how to know god because we would know him ourselves because he would live and he would come dwell within us we would we would be his people and he would be our god and we would know him intimately because of jesus he, we would be able to uh, have right relationship with him because of jesus and our sins and our lawless deeds he'll remember no more he would wipe the slate clean and not only our sins that were uh, that we we committed at, in the past, but he would he would wipe away our sins in our future as well, because he would create a sacrifice for all men for all time. Wow, what a powerful, what a powerful t- prophecy that came to pass. It's a reality that we now live in. It's it's something we experience, and these are all pictures and prophecies that are very clearly laid out in the Bible. There are more and i 've just read out there, um, which i did, obviously i 'm sure you 're very glad that i didn 't read them all out because we would have been here forever but um but it but takes some time to read to read those ones i 've i 've quoted and to to look for for more because as we do, we really get a a very clear picture in our minds about who what the gospel where the gospel came from, what the gospel is, and what G, what God intended for us. What God wanted to do um, through Jesus, that God wanted, through Jesus, reconcile man to himself. That that's always been his intention, that he's never um, once wavered from that, but he's had a plan the whole way through to do that. And he worked out his plan through the generations. Wow, what a faithful and loving God we serve, that he's able to see those things outworked in 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 our lives and in the life of those around us amen you know it's completely mathematically impossible that Jesus would have fulfilled all the prophecies that were written about him um even just to to fulfill eight is a mathematical statistical improbability it's it's mathematically impossible that he could even just fulfill eight for an example, to give you an example of the impossibility of this, it's like having a load of silver coins that cover the state of Texas, the size of the state of Texas, covered in silver coins, and asking someone to find one coin that's marked in, in amongst all those coins. It's completely impossible, and it's the pro- the probability of him finding the right coin is is like ten to the power of seventeen? I've seen I've seen somebody say, and um, it's just absolutely mathematically impossible that that could happen. And it's similarly, it's mathematically, statistically impossible that Jesus would have fulfilled all those prophecies written about him that all those prophecies written about Jesus would be fulfilled in one man. But they were. And yet here we are, we find ourselves um, celebrating and acknowledging the fact that Jesus didn't indeed fulfill all the prophecies written about him. Of course, we know the truth is that what's impossible with man is possible with God. All things are possible with God. Amen. And so for me... What I get from all this sort of whistle stop tour of the of the Bible that i 've given us there and um, from all these scriptures and the st- and understanding the typology and the the prophecies that we 've been looking at, what I get from that is is first of all I, I start to see how the Bible fits together and that the Bible fits together perfectly that God has or, has orchestrated it so that he's he 's written clues and and, and hidden um Things and pictures in the Old Testament, and then he's he's made his truth revealed through Jesus in the New Testament. So the Bible to me fits together perfectly. Of course, there are those that will disagree, but they are they you know it takes the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible. So uh, you know we just pray for people's eyes to be opened. But not only that, it proves to me that if God is able to to orchestrate, like I say, all these events and to, um, to bring his son into the world and to fulfill all these prophecies and to uh, make a way for us to be reconciled back to him. If he's able to do all of that, then surely he's also able to work out the details of our lives, to to, to cause amazing things to happen in our lives it causes us to walk into the promises and the plans that he has for our lives if we can if we if we know that god does that has done that then surely we can also trust him with our lives if we know that god has has sent jesus then surely we know that we can also trust him with our lives it shows us his love it shows us his passion to um, pursue us it shows us his commitment to to us as as, a, as to us as people it shows us that he desires above all to to have a commu- have a relationship with us have communion with us and one and just as i was sort of praying about um, what what God was going to say for the new, this new year. Um, he led me to a verse which I think summarises what I'm trying to say throughout, through this message today. And it's um, Romans 8 verse 32. I'm sure you're all really familiar with this verse anyway. But I'm going to read it out because um, it's a powerful verse. Um, and it goes... And it says this, Romans 8 verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How should he not with him also freely give us all things? And of course, we know that Paul wrote Romans and what actually Paul is doing there. Amazingly, he is actually he is actually referencing um, the old the Old Testament again, because we see we see how the the New Testament writers started to join up the dots. You heard me talk about how Matthew um, quoted a lot of Old Testament scriptures and prophecies in his in his gospel. Well, the the they all began to start to see Jesus in the Old Testament, and of course, like I said, Paul received his revelation about the gospel from the Old Testament and actually he's quoting there Genesis 22. Of course we've already talked about Genesis 22 because that's the story of Abraham and Isaac and it's the section where um, God turns to, to Abraham and tells him not to kill his son or the angel rather, turns to Abraham and tells him not to kill his son. And he says in verse 12, Do not lay your hand on, on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son. From me. And so, Abra- whilst it's not a direct quote, Paul is alluding, isn't he, to this story of Abraham that Abraham didn't withhold his son, his only son, the son whom he loved, he didn't withhold from God. And neither, and again, as God um, sort of ref- um, it mirrors that story in sending his son. Neither did God withhold his son from us, but there was no there was no angel from heaven in the moment that Jesus died, coming to say, "Oh, stop! Wait a minute! I know that you that Jesus, you love God more than you love um, anything else in the world, etc., etc. Because you're not you're not you're not forsaking your own life. You know he there was no angel to prevent it. There was no there was nothing to stop it. No, God allowed his son. God allowed his son to die for us. God God gave up his son so that he would be a sacrifice so that he could then gain us. He sacrificed his son to gain us. Wow. He didn't withhold him. Abraham didn't withhold Isaac and God didn't withhold Jesus. And if God didn't withhold Jesus, then how much will he along with him also give us all things? All things. And this is the word that the Lord gave to me. For the for uh, 2021 the word was this is the year of all things god is God is wanting us to trust him with all things God is wanting us to believe him for all things because he's able to give us all All things, Amen, Amen. So, if we can trust God um, that He has sent His Son, that He has given up His only Son for us, we know that He's proved His love to us. Then we can trust Him that He will also give us all things. And so, today, I'd like to encourage you to uh, lay down your hopes and your desires, lay down those plans and those those things that you have for 2021. That you know that we've all. We've all had a difficult year in 2020, and we've all um, we all we all could do with with some real blessings coming into 2021. Well, I believe that that is more than possible. I believe that it's 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 probable. I believe that it's 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 definitely doable. Why? Because God is able to do all things. He is able to um, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. And so today. Don't allow your don't allow what's happened in 2020 to tarnish and um, and detract from what is, what God wants to do in in 2021. Because I believe that this is going to be a year where He He causes us to trust Him and believe Him for all things. And I pray that we receive that. Amen. We may not have every, we may not get it all in, in uh, 2021, but at least I believe we can start to see um, the doors open and the, the first steps be made and et cetera, et cetera. I, I really believe God is is wanting to highlight that, that if he didn't withhold his son, then then he won't withhold all things from us now. Um, so I really pray that that's been a blessing to you. Uh, I pray that you know you have a, an amazing new year. That that you know Him, you know God, you know you know His love, you experience His His blessing in your life. Again, just just to finish, I I really in, would encourage you to to see the Bible, to see the Bible as God's story of of redemption of mankind that He wanted to uh, redeem mankind unto Himself. That the, the gospel is not just a bunch of concepts, but it is Jesus himself. That he is, the the, the gospel is all about Jesus. And um, Jesus coming to into this world, that it began at the beginning of time, at the beginning of creation. That a plan was made and God outworked his plan to send his one and only son, the son whom he loved, that through him we may have life and life eternal. Amen. Amen. And that is the gospel, my, my brothers and sisters. And I pray that you will receive that and you will believe that and that you will have all things in 2021. Thank you for listening. We'll speak to you again soon. Take care. God bless.